0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. morning, Edwin. Morning, Andrew.
1: Hey man, how you feeling today? Man, I hope I am feeling fantastic. (laughs) Well, I hope you are too. (laughs) I, hope you're t- I know yesterday was
0: a big day. It was our bring a friend day at Livingston. And, uh, you know, that's one of those days that there, there's just so much effort and in, in praying for it and getting out the invitations. But one of the beautiful things about an effort like that is seeing how all the brothers and sisters in Christ work together. And uh, and I just appreciate the congregation so much for that. Well,
1: that's, that's what I was going to say. Obviously, you and I are having this conversation that's going to drop after that occurs, but we're recording <laughs> it before it occurs. Well, it's obvious now. <laughs> <laughs> that everybody knows. Pull, pull back the curtain there, yeah, Mr. But Wizard. Re- really, I I mean, I am feeling fantastic about yeah. it because we've had a lot of work. Yes. Folks have been working. And so... A lot of work I, and a lot of prayer. I know I have a guest that says he's coming, and I have full faith that he will be there. Mm-hmm. And I've had several folks that have, have been talking to me about the invitations and the friends that they are bringing. And so today, I'm actually feeling very good about it because this work has been done. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened mm-hmm. yesterday, the brothers and sisters have teamed together to get the gospel message out and to work and to draw folks into the family. And Mm -hmm, I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. I am excited about that. So I feel good.
0: Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. And like you said, the call to worship, I have no doubt, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about the sermon, but the the call to worship that you do is going to be fantastic. You know
0: what? If it starts... it starts good. (laughs) It starts good. Yeah, maybe we should think that about this podcast, if it starts good. (laughs) If it starts (laughs) good. Let's get started. All right, so we're looking at Galatians chapter 5 today, going to be reading Galatians 5 this week and discussing it,
1: and uh, Edwin, what is the reading for today? Galatians 5, verses 1 through 6, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look. By faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love.
0: Mm, Faith working through love, that is powerful. These uh, direct, direct statements really serve to bring an argument that's been
1: going on for a couple of chapters Uh, really around, right? I think that's something we need to remember. It's very easy for me because of the religious debates that take place today between Calvinists and Armenians and the rest of us to forget that Paul has been making an argument for four mm-hmm. chapters, what we have is four mm-hmm. chapters that lead up to this point, yes. rather than just coming to this one verse, because there is a verse here that plays a big role in a lot of those discussions, namely that Paul just does really say you can fall from grace.
0: Right, right. And I think that is a very good reminder that when we are reading the scriptures, these things are not written to address Calvinism per se, or Arminianism, like you said, well said, well said.
1: Or, or by the way, to teach it. Yeah, or, they were or not, to they teach were not it. written to teach I, you it, know, it's and, not and, what it teaches. And
0: I think that verse comes up, because it does seem to be like such a, uh, what would the word be, road bump, yeah, I guess, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. it's, to that kind of doctrine.
1: Well, it does demonstrate that that error is wrong, the yeah. idea that we cannot fall from grace, that once you're saved, you're always saved, eternal yeah. security as taught by so many today. Paul just says, here are people that were in grace, and they've fallen from it. They yeah. were in Christ, and now they have been severed yeah. from it. And so take a lesson, if it can happen to them, it can happen to you. Yes. Right. Now then. But he's been leading up to this. Yeah, this <laughs> this, is, this is an argument coming all the way along, and in context, his point is not simply to say, hey, be careful, you can fall away from grace. Mm-hmm. His point is not to say John Calvin and Augustine were wrong about that. Right, right. His point is to say, if you go to the law, mm-hmm. you Galatians who are striving to be justified by law, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a neutral thing. Right. so, so I, I think he he's been making this argument what what I have been saying, and I think you're agreeing with me is that, It seems Paul has taught at Galatia, and now some folks came along and said that Paul had changed his mind and was teaching something different, and so now Paul is pointing out, no, I'm not teaching anything different. I didn't go talk to the apostles and then change my mind, and we walked through some of those arguments in the first couple of chapters, and and now he is coming back to highlight what he had preached back in Acts chapter 13. Jesus Christ sets us free. The law does not set us free, and so if you—it's— If you're going to, I mean, well, and it was even written earlier in this book, if you go
0: back to chapter two, uh, it's not the law of Moses that justifies. And so he is addressing this issue where evidently people have been trying to take the law of Moses and these aspects of Judaism, right? And incorporate them in some way into Christianity, a uh, singularity. Credic approach that we've talked a little bit about, and he's saying it cannot be done. It is the gospel, and it is not to be mixed or polluted. Yeah,
1: the law was leading to Jesus. That's right. It was not a system whereby when we get to Jesus, now we meld the law and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or whatever God had planned in Jesus is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, I get it. In fact, we're going to get to later in this chapter, there are laws right there there is morality and there's immorality. Absolutely. there are things that we're supposed to get rid of and things yeah. that we're supposed to pursue. Yeah. so we, we don't want to act like Paul is saying there's there, there's no law, there are no rules under Jesus Christ. and that's one of the objections that people would make to what he's saying, but his point was law does not free. Mm-hmm. the law does not free. Mm-hmm. so so once you've come to Jesus, don't think that when you yeah. overlay the law, that now everything is going to be better. Well, hey, and
0: isn't that ironic that if the teaching was we're going to overlay the law of Moses onto this message you've heard, and that's going to make it better. Now you're real Christians. That that Paul says, no,
1: no, no, now you're severed from Christ.
0: Now you've lost it.
1: Yes. I think that's the very important thing here, that it's not, this, this thing about the law is not neutral. Mm-hmm. Paul is not saying to the Gentiles, hey, you don't have to keep the law, but okay, you know, no biggie if you do. Mm -hmm. He's saying, if you guys go back to that law as as an attempt to justify yourself, Jesus has become of no advantage to you. Yeah. I do think it's important to remember what he taught them in Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, he very specifically said that in Jesus Christ, you can be freed from what the law would not free you from. Mm -hmm. So when the Galatians have made this shift and this turn, this is not just kind of an innocent slipping away because of youth and an experience. This is taking what we have heard and deciding to do something different. Mm -hmm. We were taught by Paul, the law does not free us. These guys have come in and taught us the law is what it takes to free us. We've decided to pursue that instead. And Paul is saying the law enslaves. Mm -hmm. It enslaved... The Jews when they were under it, but it was pointing them towards the time when they could be yeah. heirs. They were slaves, but they were heirs. And, and when the right time came, right. they moved into that position. Don't go back to that slave position. Yeah. Now, why would you Gentiles want to be that? And particularly in the context,
0: he's just gotten done in the end of chapter 4 we talked about last week, the, uh, the allegory teaching and uh, hagar and ishmael these are the bondwoman these are the slaves and as the scripture said cast out the bondwoman and her son for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman there's the casting out this same idea
1: is adopted now in chapter five severed from christ i can understand the appeal in fact just recently, even in studying Colossians, there's some similarities between the points in Colossians and Galatians, Mm -hmm. an appeal to dig deeper, to become more spiritual, to become stronger, to get closer to God. And, and having this presented, it actually makes a lot of sense to me why some people, especially Gentiles, having come out of paganism, knowing that the law led to Jesus, sure. why it would be appealing to hear, if I submit to the law, I've become deeper, I've become closer to God. And this is what most amazes me. There's more than one way to fall from the grace of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt that if I decide it doesn't matter how I live and I'm going to pursue sin recklessly and willfully... I'm gonna fall from the grace of Christ. Right. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22 talks about that. If I escape the defilements mm-hmm. of the flesh through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but again I go and am entangled yeah, in them, then back. the latter state is worse than the first. That is sure. falling from the grace of Jesus. Jesus no is of no advantage to me anymore. But here at the beginning of Galatians chapter 5, these are people, they're not saying, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go live willfully, I'm going to go live profligately, I'm going to go live sinfully. They're actually trying harder to be righteous. Mm-hmm. and but But the means by which they're approaching it is actually saying Jesus died for no purpose. Mm-hmm. When they're saying, I am going to save me by keeping this set of rules... Yeah. They are saying, I didn't need Jesus to die. Yeah. But Jesus died for a reason. The reason Jesus died is because there's no set of rules that I can follow. If all I needed was a set of rules to save me, then Jesus just needed to give the right set of rules. But instead, he died. And I think we'll probably say that more than once in these conversations. But he died oh. because what he's showing is, I need him. Absolutely.
0: You know, I, and I
1: can't help but wonder as I read this, is it possible that some
0: of these folks... In churches in Galatia, had not thought through the implications of taking up. The Law of Moses
1: I think absolutely that goes back to why he called them oh foolish Galatians, yeah, he and was, bewitched as yeah, well he, he's talking about the fact hey, you guys aren't thinking about this yeah you've, you've got to think it through, and uh,
0: even to the point of then christ's death is of no effect that Christ died in vain, and uh, you know when, when you lead them through to that conclusion uh, you'd, you'd have one of those light bulb moments, oh well, no, I no,
1: no. Yeah, I surrendered to Jesus. Heaven forbid, no. I surrendered to Jesus because I knew I needed his death. Okay, so if I go back to the law, I'm now saying I didn't need his death. He died for no purpose. And if I'm saying he died for no purpose, then his death well, probably doesn't do anything for me because I'm saying I don't need it. And what God does is He gives us up to what we pursue, and if I say, "I don't need His death," he's not going to force jesus death on us well and and so here is the scripture to leave them without
0: without excuse in that respect but i I appreciate what you're saying, it really is something to to consider that I might set aside the grace of Christ, whether it is for the the lust of my flesh or like you said, uh flagrant sin. And, and that would be easy for, I guess, believers to spot and Christians to say, well, I mean, they've gone back to the world. They've gone back to old ways. Um, maybe more insidious is this idea that in a pursuit of greater holiness or greater spirituality, whatever that might mean to someone, we actually take uh, other trappings of, of other religion, right? And, and create this, this
1: false religion. Well, and in the end, what we're saying is, actually, I don't need Jesus. Yeah. When, when we bring, and, and here in Galatians, it's about the law, but the reality is this whole idea of I'm going to take bits and pieces from various religions and bring them all together, once I've done that, what I've said then is that the religion of Jesus is unnecessary. But I tell and you that, that is, is... falsehood. That is such a popular idea today. It is.
0: It is. You know, I, I heard a story one time where a guy went to, well, he was buying a quilt Right? And so he goes to this house where the lady's selling quilts, and it's all patchwork together, and uh, the lady's showing him the quilts, but here's her husband sitting over in the chair, and he's got a stack of all this kind of different religious literature, and here was something from the Jehovah's Witnesses and a book from the Mormons and something else and uh, and And so the fellow asks, "How hey, do you read all those books?" And he goes, "I do, and there's truth in it all." And you know this fellow's religion and idea was as much of a patchwork as the
1: quilts that his wife was selling. Well, the the issue is, is that is there truth in just about every religion? Sure. Are all religions true? Absolutely not. The fact that there are other religions that do borrow some things from God's truth doesn't make their religion true. Jesus Christ is true. Yahweh God is true. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is a liar. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we have to grasp. And it's a struggle for our culture. Yeah. I know it. But look, here's what Jesus is saying. Salvation is in Jesus, and it's not anywhere else. Yeah. Amen. And so let's not bring all this other stuff, not even the law, on top of it. Mm-hmm. We thank you so much
0: for joining us for Text Talk today. We'd love you to share the episode out, uh, give us a rate, give us a review. Let's have a word of prayer together. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the gospel of Christ. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Help us, Father, to walk humbly through the word together to appreciate that it is Christ and there are no substitutes. We pray, Father, for greater devotion and allegiance to Christ, that we would not depart him to pursue sin in this world, that we would not forsake him and sever him by corrupting the religion with other ideas and philosophies, just the gospel of Christ, just his sacrifice. We pray that you would keep us in that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today.
0: That
1: overdrove a little bit, so let's
0: Okay. <clears throat> Greetings, friends. <laughs> we hope you've settled in for a nice text talk. <laughs> Somewhere in between there? Somewhere in between there. All right.